It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, welcome back. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 90 of this program. It's good to talk to you at this time of day. It's been a little while since you and I have been able to join uh, together before 1 o'clock. We here at KSL News Radio have been adjusting and adapting to this world in which we're living uh, as we together battle the coronavirus. One of the ways we are doing that here on this station is, uh, well, We're trying to do everything possible to make sure that you are on the receiving end of all of the valuable and important information that is coming from uh, trusted and reliable sources. And we have each day during this time slot uh, been uh, turning things over to the great Jeff Kaplan. Uh, You know Jeff Kaplan, uh, host of Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News, a a monster talent, uh, someone I look up to as a broadcaster and uh, am lucky enough to consider a friend of mine. Well, uh, for the past little while, as you well know, I'm sure, uh, Jeff Kaplan has been hosting a program during this time slot called the Coronavirus Call-In. It has two important elements. First, we open the phone lines to you. You, if you have any question regarding uh, how life is being lived right now, when uh, will we expect to see a light at the end of this tunnel, anything you may have uh, to ask about the economics of this, about the science of this, uh, Jeff Kaplan is ready to receive your call. And on the line with Jeff will be an absolute expert, someone coming from the coronavirus task force. There are those uh, epidemiologists, the real smart folks who who did all those years of medical school to understand exactly the nature of the enemy you and I are combating right now, as well as the folks on the economic side, uh, people uh, like Derek Miller, uh, who have an understanding and an attitude as to the impact uh, that this virus and our uh, methods of combating it are having on the, the economy. And uh, sure, that many of you understand this uh, very well, and my heart breaks for you. If you have found yourself uh, either out of work uh, or out of money, having your wages uh, cut, and I sympathize and empathize, and I am so sorry that you are going through these stresses uh, because they can feel uh, pretty burdensome. I know. I've been uh, through times in my life where I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to pay this bill or that bill, and if I'm honest, I've... Uh, been so backed up into a corner before I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to cover the cost of the next meal. Now, I am very lucky today to be employed, and I uh, am weathering this storm all right. I've got food for my family. I've got a roof over our head. Uh, But that, I hope, doesn't uh, take away from uh, our our conversations uh, one with another. I I understand, uh, and I'm so sorry for what you are going through. We are going to have a conversation just after 1 o'clock with the executive director of a place called Canyon Creek Services. That is, a, it's a nonprofit uh, outfit, and what it does is it provides resources for those victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Now, why are we having a conversation like this at a time like this? Well, it's because of a theme that we have been uh, paying attention to on this program for the past few weeks. It all started when I got word from the Salt Lake City Police Department that they had seen a troublesome trend. And it was this. 
When I first heard about this, Salt Lake City Police Department was reporting an uptick in domestic violence phone calls or domestic violence-related 911 calls uh, at a rate of 33% higher than was the case a year before. 33% more. I was floored by that. I could not believe it. It broke my heart. I thought we were better than that. I know we are. I know many of us are. And there are some, though, uh, that are being overcome by the anxieties brought about by this coronavirus. Now, I heard a 33% uptick from the Salt Lake City Police Department. Well, then I reached out to the Domestic Violence Coalition. It's a wonderful organization here in the state of Utah that offers resources to folks uh, who are on the uh, receiving end of domestic violence, the victims of domestic violence. And you know what I learned there? At the time, they were experiencing an uptick uh, of calls that are uh, some 50-60% increase, more than double uh, uh, what was being witnessed by the Salt Lake City Police Department. So we had a conversation with them. Uh, we shared their, their contact information and all the resources available to you there. Uh, and then not long after that, we heard from Utah County Commissioners saying that the, the, the Sheriff's Department down there had been on the receiving end of an increase uh, of 75%. 75% more calls related to domestic violence. Well, uh, we've got some more information, and it's heartbreaking, and it comes from Canyon Creek Services. We'll be speaking with the executive director, uh, Brant Wadsworth. He'll be my guest just after 1 o'clock, and to talk to me uh, and you about some of the things that they are witnessing and some of the ways uh, that you and I can help as they continue to provide services for those folks, unfortunately, on the receiving end of domestic violence and sexual assault. So that's that. A number of other topics going to be covered on the program today, including a conversation with Blake Anderson from Megaplex Theaters. We're going to talk about what things uh, look like in the next chapter of uh, movies. What will the experience be like for you and me as we decide uh, that we're going to attend movies again, that we're going to uh, pay for the ticket, we're going to show up, we're going to sit down in the auditorium. Uh, what first will we see and what will we experience? We're going to speak to uh, the man who knows, Blake Anderson with Megaplex Theater. He's the president of that outfit, the big shop. Uh, he's going to tell us what they're up to. And we're going to have a, a number of other conversations throughout the day. Uh, I don't want to burn through too much time because I want to talk about what we learned from uh, epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn here a moment ago. But I do want to point out one last thing, a programming note. Uh, the reason why Dr. Dunn joined us at 1230 instead of 1.30, as she has been doing periodically on uh, this program live, Mike, it's because uh, the governor will be hosting a press conference just after 1 o'clock. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Merit Medical announced that it started producing a sample and collection kit for use in COVID-19 testing at its facility in South Jordan. Well, today, uh, Governor Gary Herbert and Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox will visit Merritt Medical to discuss the, this development and what it will mean for Utah's capability to continue testing widely for the coronavirus. You, you remember just a moment ago, I shared with you uh, that impressive piece of information about our per capita testing rate. Uh, we are higher than almost anywhere else in the world right now. Uh, New York is uh, testing at a higher rate than us and a few other of those northeastern states uh, are testing at a higher rate only because they are uh, battling an, an increased war right now uh, and they live so much closer to one another. Anyway, we here in Utah, we're taking testing seriously uh, and that includes uh, members of the private sector. So Governor uh, Gary Herbert, Lieutenant Governor Cox, who as you know is the uh, head of the task force, uh, he, well they, 
uh, will join uh, Fred Lampropoulos. He's the chairman and CEO of Merit Medical, uh, as well as Ben Hart, who's the deputy director of GOED, the governor's Office of Economic Development. They're going to talk about these new tests. They're going to talk about what their uh, development means and how it will further arm us, you and me, uh, to combat the coronavirus. Uh, so that's that. That's coming up at 1.30 uh, in lieu of Dr. Dunn's press conference, which happened just half hour ago. Uh, what we learned there from Dr. Dunn was this, that we unfortunately have seen an increase of four deaths. We are now here in the state of Utah. Uh, we have lost 32 Utahns uh, as a result of the coronavirus. Now, here's a new piece of information we learned today, and that is that of those 32 total deaths here in the state of Utah, one half, 16, have happened uh, in long-term care facilities, nursing homes. We, early on here in the United States, in fact, the first few deaths uh, happened just across the lake from Seattle in that nursing home facility where we lost so many folks, uh, more than 32 even, than we have faced here in the state of Utah. Uh, one thing I will say is that uh, Dr. Dunn told us this morning that you know, she understood the particular threat faced by those within uh, long-term care facilities. And in January, they started formulating strategies uh, to combat the risk faced by those in that situation. So hopefully uh, those strategies have been put to good use. The numbers indicate that they are. Uh, and I look forward to, uh, you know, these added conversations and the added revelation of information uh, letting us know that what we're up to is yielding good results. i got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have that conversation I mentioned a moment ago with Brant Wadsworth. Wadsworth, the executive director of Canyon Creek Services. Domestic violence and sexual assault is up in this state, and it breaks my heart. We're going to find out why it's happening and what you can do uh, to help those victims next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.